Hello, welcome to CarCast and Edmonds Podcast. Uh, getting ready for the uh, Porsche Rentsport reunion. Um, you know, we're, we're here kind of, uh, I'm, I'm in my warehouse uh, recording the show. Alistair's already up there. He got up uh, a little bit earlier than I did. Uh, I guess the, the idea was you wanted to get up for, for some of the press events, some of the unveilings. Um, are you going to be able to stay for the for the weekend or what's what's the plan? No, I, I'm doing the business bit, Matt. It's like a mullet. I'm doing the business bit and you're doing the pleasure. So I'm, <laughs> uh, I actually head back Saturday morning um, because divorces are quite expensive. So I have to get back to look after the kids. Um, but but yeah, I'm up here today. So today is Thursday as we're recording this. I've spent the day there. There's an unveil tonight, which I've got to go back to Laguna Seca for. And then there's a, I've got a little bit more downtime tomorrow to have a proper look around it. Um, and then I, I head back Saturday morning. But yeah, it's it's an extraordinary event. They're they're expecting fifty thousand people here on Saturday. It's a complete sellout. Yeah, it's, and, and it's just this huge injection of Porsche. It's crazy. Uh, it's it, you know it's a big event. It's it's been gone for a little while. Uh, those of you guys that are familiar with um with uh, Rensport, or I guess the official name is Porsche Rensport Reunion. Although we all just call it Rensport. It's the, that's right. It, it began as a sort of PR thing, and then as as they morphed, it happens every four years. So, and this is the seventy fifth anniversary of Porsche. So, it's a it's a really big it, deal. Seventy fifth anniversary of Porsche, and I think fiftieth anniversary of nine eleven. So they're it's celebrating the, a few things. Yeah, I'm I just think, getting a bag at my hotel room door, but I'm gonna wait and hope it goes away. This is the <laughs> joys of live podcasting. Go, 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 go see who it is. No, maybe it's, I'm maybe just it's... gonna ignore. Unless the hotel's on fire and I haven't noticed, I'm gonna ignore it. <laughs> um, if you Let's can't, keep going. if you can't go to Ren Sport, and I know you're listening to this after it happened, but there is a live stream, and I imagine that that live stream is going to be on YouTube or something on their website and be able to go back and kind of check out what's, what's going on so you can kind of get a sneak peek into what's happening up there. And uh, the website is PorscheRenSportReunion.com, um, and we'll start to uh, kind of getting in and what, what you can expect, but you should check out the website, see what's all happening up there. Um, there's even an app. An app there's an app. Well. There's an app big. for it. Uh, it's a little bit like Monterey. You know the Rolex Historics at Monterey. It's a little bit like the Velocity Invitational that we were at last year, which is a fantastic event, which I think is moving to Sonoma this year. But Velocity uh, was 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 great. Um, a well curated event. Uh, Porsche is going to have some tractor racing. Uh, some vintage Porsche tractors are are going to be there, and I've I've seen it in the past. The tractor racing it is um, incredibly slow, so I think they just do the straightaway like a drag race, and that's really about it. I don't know if they're going to go much further than that. Well, I heard. Unfortunately, you're going to see this, and I'm not. But I've, I've been talking today to, about about it. Apparently, there's a maximum speed of 15 miles an hour, and if you're not Porsche Shinado, Porsche began making tractors and they prop up and bring a trailer now and again. And so I saw them today. There's all these tractors lined up. There's one of them in the livery of the Pink Pig, you know, the famous uh, Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. That Le was bon there car. before. And they've got, yeah, they've got, which has fantastically on its seat, it has tucks written across the, uh, the, the, the seat. Um, and they've also got like a whole bunch of like superstar drivers. So they've got Mark Webber, you know, Formula One Mark Webber. 
They've got Andy Green, who was the world's fastest man, still the, the guy with the land speed record for, I think it was 763 miles an hour. Worked with him in my previous life. He was there today. It was great to catch up with him. He's racing a tractor. So Porsche's just basically flown in. Anybody who was anybody in their history, Derek Bell, Mr. Le Mans, he's, he's, he was sort yep. of knocking around my hotel reception last night. Um, you know, Jackie X was, was, was jumping out of a, a cab. So it's, um, basically anybody who's anybody's here from, from Porsche's history. So it's an amazing event. And I think you have to be like a Porsche owner or a Porsche diehard just to kind of revel in the sort of joy of it all. And the, you know, the sense of occasion. Imagine being the fastest guy in the world going over 700 miles an hour. And, and your big event on Saturday is a 15 mile an hour tractor drag race. And you're like, you got to helmet up. You got to, you got to safety is the priority here. Like you really, you know, like strap in, it's going to be a doozy. Uh, it's, it's. Well, do you know what he spent the last year doing? Because Andy, Andy, as well as being the world's fastest man, his background, he was a, um, fighter pilot, fast jet pilot in the RAF, the British British Air Force. And then it was because of his experience in fast jets as a wing commander, you know, top gun stuff, that he got into thrust SSC in 97, I think it was, and became the world's fastest man. And then I worked with him on a diesel land speed record, which JCB, the, you know, the digger manufacturer, they, they did in Bonneville, God, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. Yeah. And I went out to Bonneville with him and then they said a land speed record is 400 and something miles an hour in a diesel engine vehicle. And, but I said to him, like, you know, what are you, what are you doing now? He's retired from the air force. And so we spent the last year sailing around the world, me and my wife, basically they bought a yacht, rented a yacht, whatever they did, just around the world for a year, like at four knots. But I was like, that's quite a cool thing to do. Yeah. Just two of you on a yacht bobbing, you know. Yeah, as long as and now like he's in a tractor race, so the tractor is going to feel fast. <laughs> that tractor is going to feel fast. Uh, uh, you're right. You got to really like uh, whoever you're on your trip with if you're going to be sailing quietly for a year. Basically, I'm sure there's plenty of stops, but you're really going to have to uh, enjoy that person <laughs> quite quite a bit. His wife also told me. His wife also told me a great story. I know we're getting slightly off subject, but his wife told me a fantastic anecdote. He's a really like humble guy he's not your kind of charismatic racing driver talking about yourself the whole time he's actually a very sort of humble guy and he his wife was saying they met on a blind date and they talked about cars a bit and i think she she had a 9-11 and stuff and they, so they had a, a shared passion and she said anyway we've been dating for like four or five months and then he said oh you should watch this dvd and they watched the DVD and she's like, oh, this is a land speed record. This is interesting. Is this a passion of yours? And then it was only then that she realized like he was the guy driving. Yeah. And there's, and it was unbelievable footage of him applying, applying opposite lock at something like five or 600 miles an hour. He's got like full half a turn of opposite lock on at 600 miles an hour, because apparently the jet engines couldn't quite, you can't make jet engines equalize. So the car's always slightly pulling in one direction. So, Crazy, crazy story. But he's racing a Porsche tractor this weekend. At least when she watches the documentary, she doesn't have to worry about the the result because he's sitting there going, "Hey, you should watch the documentary about me making, you know, breaking a land speed record." Because she, he obviously walked away. It's not a very tragic thing where he walks out the door and is like, "I'm never coming back." <laughs> um, what did you drive to Monterey? I assume you drove. You didn't fly. Uh, I drove, I have, I'm lucky enough to have an old classic 911 and 993, the last of the air cooled. So I, um, 
I don't get to drive it as much as I'd like, so I drove up in that, and I'll be driving back Saturday morning, which is cool. I was expecting to like drive up in a massive convoy of Porsches, and I came up Wednesday afternoon, which is probably more the business end of things. So they didn't, there wasn't actually that much on the road. But I think Friday, Saturday, if you're in the kind of Monterey Bay area. It's just going to be a kind of crazy sea of Porsches. And it's a bit like Car Week or Good in the UK, where the car parks are as as interesting as the actual event. Yeah, right. Uh, you drove up by yourself? I drove up by myself, yeah. How, I don't have friends. How was how was the, the drive? I mean, it's like when the, the 993 came out, I was like, it's a cool car. Everybody wanted that car uh, in the turbo versions. And then now here we are couple of decades later is it a comfortable dr- car to drive 300 miles yeah it's it's awesome i actually bought one in the uk i don't know like 15 20 years ago now 50 so i bought this thing yeah probably about 15 years ago and i bought a 993 kind of like it's from the rare moments in life where i probably got this right so i think i paid about twenty five thousand, maybe pounds at the time so what like nearly thirty thousand dollars still a lot of money but not like it is today. Not and like then when I today. moved to the when I moved to the US, I had to sell my beloved car, which was a silver 993, the black interior. And then basically took the money and then of course mentally managed to convince myself that this wasn't real money because it was actually twenty five thousand, even though it had now appreciated. And so I then was looking to buy something else and I thought about and then an NSX or maybe like an old Targa or something. And then there was a silver 993 for sale in Venice Beach. And I went and drove it. And I thought, this is just such a nice thing. So I basically own the same car for the last 15 years. So you, uh, but no, this year I spent a bit of money. So did. I did the suspension. I put Bilstein V8 suspension, if people know their stuff. Yeah. here. I put a slightly naughty Fister Stage 2 exhaust on it. And I also added, and maybe this is, good link into something i've been doing today but i actually added porsche developed a like a single dinner like an old-fashioned radio that looks old-fashioned but it's yeah. actually apple carplay uh treat yourself to that so that i could drive up and make calls and listen to spotify and all the stuff that we do so you put all this together and actually you've got a a very comfortable car that i rely on um and you know can make calls i can do business like i've got air conditioning i've got airbags but Is it's it- still feels and sounds like a classic 911 with an air-cooled engine. Is it quiet awesome enough things. inside with the exhaust that you can still make a call? Yeah, you get more road noise than you might imagine. I mean, you get still, um, actually, on modern 911s, depending on what tires you're on, you still get quite a lot of road noise, but it, it's noisier inside. Uh, but yeah, you can make phone calls and, you, can, you know, you listen to music. The, the exhaust, actually, one of the tricks with these is, is because there's so much the great noise is also through the intake. You don't want to go too big on the exhaust because then it overpowers it. So it's it's noisier outside than it is in. But it just, by the time Porsche got to 993s, it, everything started to get a little bit more sophisticated. And my car was almost like an executive spec from 97. So things were starting to go more in the sort of GT direction. So what the mm-hmm. exhaust does and and the suspension is take it a little bit further back to maybe what a, what those air cool cars sounded like in the eighties. And for me, this is this is a passion. It's a passion project. So it's 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 a it's a bit of fun, but it's uh, now it's a privilege to own, and you know it's nice to to turn up at this thing, uh, you know, in style. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm driving a Volvo S90 Recharge, so I'm going to be the only one there, not in a Porsche. I'm going to be up there in a in a in a Volvo, nice, lovely sedan. 
but they do have like the best seats. It's it's they really the comfortable. Seats. They they just dropped it off today, and I'm gonna drive it up. And I just kind of wanted to find a you know kind of a comfortable road trip car. And after our, our conversation a couple of weeks ago, I wanted to make sure it wasn't an EV, <laughs> and I wanted to actually get to to Rensport on on time. Uh, and we've got the um. Porsche's nine uh, Adam Kroll's nine thirty five up there. It was invited to be on display uh, as part of Rensport. So they uh, we had some calls from from Porsche in Atlanta, and they took good care of it, and they scooped up the car and they brought it up there, and they sent me a, a couple of quick pictures I just put up on social media, so you can kind of see what the display is going to look like. They have it roped off for now, but obviously it won't be once it's once the event opens as it did today. But uh, yeah. Hopefully, people will get to see that car too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some, you were gonna say cool I was talking about the Volvo, but yeah, yeah. Though the Volvo has the the best the best seat, so you will be traveling in. It's in it's style. a it's a it's a lovely car. I can't wait to to get more time in it. And we've driven a few, but um, yeah, kind of excited about it. It's a good, you know it's a great color. Yeah, it uh, and it's good size. You know, good good size sedan. Uh, for that yeah um okay so you you got to uh you got to ren sport you did a quick lap around the around it you've got uh uh looks like somebody's keeping something to get into my room i'm okay thank you thank you very much <laughs> let's carry on um so yeah pro. so if you guys haven't figured out as we're recording this is alistair's up there in a hotel room and someone keeps banging on his door for some reason i'm not quite sure why i don't exactly i forgot to put the do not disturb but it is plus four in the afternoon so i perhaps wasn't anticipating housekeeping anyway should we move should we move on i did today get the bridge going out in a gt3 rs around laguna seca they Porsche did a bit of a sort of demo thing at lunchtime of some of their um their road cars with actually one of their instructors who i know well johnny from the uh, Porsche experience center in la um i wasn't driving he was driving but he knows laguna seca a hell of a lot better than i do and it was just great fun. I mean, it is crazy, like, how good, you know, I mean, obviously the RS is built for, you know, people doing track days and everything else. With a pro driver behind the wheel around a circuit like Laguna Circuit, you realize just how good, you know, how good these things are. They're, they're, they're extraordinary, how, you know, the capability of, uh, it, you know, any of the sort of GT cars. It's actually an interesting point to bring up because uh, we've gone up to Laguna Seca so many times for for Monterey Car Week. It's it's almost exclusively up to like a year or two ago, vintage cars. So you're you're watching a lot of pretty fast lap times. Anything from from sports cars to vintage F1 cars. Uh, but then you start to realize, you know, once you get a fully sorted, proper, more modern car like the GT3 RS out there and like what an incredible beast of a car that is. Uh, and I haven't got much lap time, track time at all at Laguna Seca, but going to that event for, you know, basically a decade, almost a decade and a half now, and just seeing the vintage cars go out there and just, you know, these guys sawing at the wheel and just, you know, the skinny tires and and kind of sliding all over and then and then yeah now they're starting to do a few like exhibition things and at velocity they had some of the the crazy supercars out there mclarens and stuff and and uh uh gunther works 911 was out there um uh, billy johnson was driving it kind of sliding it around turn two turn three and uh and you realize you're going oh 
I bet that's fun as hell. Just like getting a getting in a nice modern car out there. Got the got the windows up. Got the air on. And uh, even if you're not the one driving, just getting a a ride shotgun with with a proper driver is gonna be pretty pretty nuts. Yeah, it was it was very cool. It was a real pleasure. just the noise as well. The noise of the GT3 RS is, is yeah, just, yeah. It's it's quite a it's quite a tool. I drove the uh, the GT3, but not the RS. Um, on at the uh, uh, Speed Vegas, um, they, we we went out there, and uh, Adam Carroll and I went out there, and they offered up a couple of different cars for us, and um, I grabbed the GT3, and then I grabbed, I think it was the Ferrari. I don't know if it was the 430 or the 458 uh, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, probably uh, 458. I think it was a 458 and did a handful of laps in, in both of those cars. But uh, Adam grabbed the Ferrari as well. But I specifically wanted him to grab a modern day muscle car because he kind of shies away from those. Right. And 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 I told him I was just like, Grab the Shelby GT 500. It's been breathed on a little bit by the guys at Shelby American because they basically live right next door. So they they changed the horsepower. They changed the horsepower from uh, from like 760 about 800. But it really was all about the the transmission tuning in that car. And uh, I think I think he enjoyed that. I think he had a great time kind of getting behind the wheel and realizing what big v8 supercharged power would be compared to the cars that he's normally driven on the track but honestly i felt like the gt3 was a, a little bit easier car to drive on that track when i was in the ferrari um uh, and, and again i've never i've never driven the car either one of those cars i just got in and just started getting it and i, I was with an instructor they were riding shotgun just sort of coaching you and doing it um, I thought I had less control in the Ferrari than I did in the Porsche. It felt more controlled to me. Um, but when we went back in, I was still faster in the Ferrari than I was in the GT3. And although I got the GT3 first, so maybe in the Ferrari is like, now I know where I'm going. <laughs> and so I had a little bit of the, a little bit more confidence in knowing where I, I was pointing the car, but, uh, yeah, it just seemed a little bit, the, the Porsche seemed easier to drive to me. I think that's the thing, isn't it? They did an amazing job of, I mean, they know their customers, uh, but they've done an amazing job of overcoming some of the physics of engine car, but also just making this thing accessible. But at the same time, you know, you can play with all the setup and everything else. And so it's that old thing, isn't it? About like, you know, rewarding the novice, but flattering the novice, but also rewarding the, rewarding the expert. And they are just brilliant at it. And it was cool wandering around the paddock. If you go just... I don't know how many cars are there, thousand or something. There's nine five nines. Everywhere you look, there's some kind of cool, cool classic Porsche. Right. Like I remember I, I shared on my Instagram, we've wrote we were on cars earlier, like a picture. There's a guy there with a Gulf 917. And yes. next yeah, to I it, saw that his, his road car, which is a Singer Porsche. And I was like, <laughs> that is the cool, that's your two-car garage right there. Your yeah, 917 that's... race car in Gulf colours. So like absolute, absolute perfection with your Singapore sat next to it to take you to the circuit. So yeah, an early that was, singer. That was you know, very not, cool. not not the crazy 
wide body nine thirty four and a half type singer, like early early singer, skinny skinny Fender singer. Yeah, the <laughs> ones that I they're not going to make them anymore, and I think they're going to be the the super collectible ones. They're um yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful things. I, it's funny. I had the conversation with uh, Jensen Button about that. He was driving his singer. He has a singer. He was driving his singer to Monterey uh, to Car Week. Uh, and we, we happened to pass by, I mean, we smoked him. We were in the Toyota Sienna minivan. We blew by him like he was standing still, but you know, whatever. I, I get it. He didn't want to challenge us. At a it's talent to the end of the day, Matt, isn't it really? I mean, when there's an F1 driver and a singer versus me in a minivan. I mean, why would he even try? Right. Cause he's going to get smoked, but uh, I don't know. We were just kind of talking and I don't think he was trying to like poo poo on the idea or anything, but it was just like, He's like, I just like my singer. And he goes, the new one just seems too big. And I go, I get it though, but that's what they were trying to do. They're trying to like end and end the production on the current version of what they've been doing, make it more exclusive, uh, have those values continue to go up, um, you know, uh, create value for the brand as well, and then move on to something else to the turbo cars. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's for. I guess for his money, he's he's sticking with what he's got. He feels like the new singers are a little too big. I don't think it's just his only car either. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably also... not his only car. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, but the other thing about the singer is, you know, they've gone from being what four or five hundred thousand dollars, and you know, looking like like reasonable value at that that level, and now suddenly they're in the game of two three million dollars, and. It's interesting. I spent an hour this morning with, I've probably pronounced this wrong, but uh, the Sonderwunsch, uh, Porsche, uh, see the head of Sonderwunsch for Porsche. And there's a pavilion here at the circuit, which is all about basically Porsche setting up a bespoke service. And they've only been going a couple of years in this guise. And Porsche always sort of dabbled in, you know, like trim this and trim that. And anybody who goes on the configurator knows there's like a thousand different options. Yeah. I think there's literally a thousand options, but this is beyond that. So you've got like Porsche normal, Porsche exclusive, which is like fancy leather. And then you've got these guys, which are on top of that. Almost like a and, coach work. Yeah. And so you can now go to them. So if you want, and they showed us, for example, a GT3 Touring. And if you want your GTT touring badge, say in body color or some unique color, that doesn't come through exclusive. That comes through Sonderbunch. And for a, which really means, I think it's like heart's desire or something like that to translate into a special desire if you translate it into English. And now they're actually building bespoke on uh, bespoke commissions, rather like Ferrari does. Or And it was a little bit like, you know, singers doing this, uh, you know, gun to works and roof and everybody else is doing this like why can't we we're like you know we're the mothership right and so it was explaining that you can go in now they've got nine projects on the go nine kind of unique things and if you go in and basically hand over a hundred thousand bucks you will spend the next year designing your porsche so you say here's a hundred thousand dollars and now here is an engineer and a designer and we will together will conceive of your car and then on the assumption that we're all happy at the end of the year, then you will we will build this thing. For a lot more money. And probably like, you know, I was saying that you you started about a million and a half. Right. And so, up you go up you uh, go from there. 
the hundred thousand dollars is just a chit chat with the designers and engineers for a year and and plan it out and then you get to go spend a million dollars getting it built million and a half yeah million and a half although i don't know what 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 the financials break down when you do that with ferrari but when you sit down with ferrari and go hey take a take a you know a, a 458 or a super fast and now we're going to completely turn this into a single person roadster with no top right and uh you know with sort of a you know with a canopy behind you or whatever like you know then they go okay yeah that's probably a similar program you you know you're you're sitting down for a million and a half dollars you 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 sit down with them and go let's take your four hundred thousand dollar car and let's see how we turn it into a two million dollar bespoke car whether it's done in aluminum or carbon fiber or whatever but yeah so it, it gave me an example of like how how quickly this could escalate it's like let's see going in once uh, a Panamera, you know, the the Ford, the Ford family car. If you want a Panamera uh, road, if you want a Panamera soft top, which obviously Porsche doesn't make, it was like, if you just want it with like a hood that you have to manually fold up, then, you know, we can do it. If you want it with like a electric hood mechanism, we have to engineer all that bespoke. That's probably about 800 grand. Yeah. In the, in the hood <laughs> right. mechanism. Although, uh, I- and like, yeah, go ahead. And if if you want if you want it to match your, you know, your handbag or your denim or whatever it would be, it's about 45 grand for unique color, but if you want like fancy paint, you know, like chroma, whatever the hell it's called, then that goes up again. And you see what what a lot of people are doing apparently, what's proving popular is if you buy something like a Carrera GT and you know, somebody else has had a crack at it, but now it's your car, you ship it back to Germany back to Zuffenhausen and then they will kind of like start again. And you can say, well, actually I want, you know, blue leather, not gray leather. And they'll start to kind of almost like rebuild the car into your specification. If you're the second or third owner or whatever it may be, it's right. a fascinating and, conversation. And now it becomes interesting because let's say you, you spend a million dollars on something like a Carrera GT and you do want to personalize it and make it your own but you want to create value with the car. You kind of have to go back to the factory and, and, and do that. Right. Um, you know, like you, you, you kind of want to go back to them and go, Oh, you have to do it because if I just go to a hot rod shop and custom leather, then, then, you know, anybody can do that. And it's just not really the value. Now you've, now you've ruined a Carrera GT as opposed to going back to Porsche and having them add to it. You know? Yeah. And I guess it's similar to what you got to with Boxsters and 996s and some of the other cars when they got down to a lower price point because then actually they almost became disposable. I remember Boxsters being, you know, 10,000 bucks or something, at which point if the gearbox goes, then it's throw away the Boxster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you brought Panamera though, but Panamera four door and, and this has come up a bunch of times when Panamera came out, they're like, Oh, V8 front engine twin turbo. You know, it's like long nose GT style, but they're not going to do a two door. They're not going to bring back a nine twenty eight. but now that they've got this fully sort of coachworks division of Porsche. Uh, and I, and I know people are going for the high dollar cars, but 
Yeah. Uh, Panamera, go to them and go, now let's turn this into a two-door. Let's turn this into a, a proper 928 sort of modern Ooh, day be, continuation. Oh. Right? That it would be, be very kind of, cool. It could be a pretty interesting car. And we did get into the conversation of like, what wouldn't, you know, like, what wouldn't you do? Yeah. And he said, you know, like they try and guide people. And he gave us an example, like somebody came to them and wanted all four wheels painted in a different color. And they were a bit like, you know, you sure about this? And and if a customer said, so they painted all four wheels in a different color. I have no idea what it looks like. But um, he said, the thing that they won't do is take motifs from other brands so you can't like put yeah. ferrari testarossa side strakes on a 911 or something like that it has to it has to feel you know authentic to the brand but he said actually most of the time you know if you're gonna these people are massive porsche fans who've probably got a massive collection so they're not coming in with with, with crazy asks but it it's cool. I mean, it's the money again. It's like the money involved is is extraordinary. But I know, I want to say, at some point during the Apple Computer nine thirty five that that Bobby Rahal raced, it was the Newman car, and then Rahal raced. At some point, it had the different color wheels. So the idea of going, hey, I want different color wheels on the car, could be sort of a an homage to the Apple car. I want to say it had. Different... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember where in its life because Bobby Rahal took the car and he raced it at Daytona. And I think it was at Le Mans and a bunch of other races. And at some point um, it, it had different color. It, it ran at the different color wheels. Uh, and oddly enough, uh, the guy who would know is a non Porsche guy. It is Dave Merrick, the head of design for Honda and Acura. Uh, because I I think Dave crewed on that car, uh, when Bobby Rahal was racing it, a young Dave Merrick <laughs> was was somehow involved with that car. So we've he's 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 very knowledgeable about the history of that car, and being a designer, he has create posters and stuff about you know about that car and stuff. Uh, so he's got a lot of information about it. But I'm pretty sure that car had the different color wheels in its history. So somebody going, Hey, I want to do a nine 11 and I'm going to do different color wheels. Could be a play on the Apple car is what I'm saying. Could be kind of interesting. The other, uh, the other cool thing that I'm going to go and check out tomorrow, Matt, you should come and look at this is a guy who looks after my car, uh, looks after Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills, classic, classic car collection, um, VNS motors. And he, um, he he's developed they you know they have this competition where you can use bits from their parts so basically you can take parts from their history and attach them to a restoration so it's kind of like a rest mod can uh rest yeah. mod competition but it's only using porsche parts and porsche apparently has like eighty thousand parts so he's built this 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 car which has i'm gonna go and see him tomorrow but they built a car which is basically a fusion of 964 and 993 and but it's the original it's i i love sleeper cars you know i absolutely yeah. love sleeper cars so it looks like a fairly it's original paint so it looks like a slightly tired 964 with some paint chips and everything else till you get inside it and then it's all been redone it's got a little wooden steering a little wooden gear stick from a 917 it's got a basically it's got an engine from an rs it's got a, it's i'm probably getting this wrong but it's just 
basically what they've done is plunder the very best parts from a 964, a 993, the RS models and everything else, and then create this car. And there's a big competition going on. There's a few more of them out there tomorrow. And yeah, I don't know if it's, there's, it's if really it's a, cool. It's if it's just a competition between dealers and stuff, because I know out here, um, the guys over at, at Galpin, a Porsche Santa Clarita, um, the one of the Galpin dealers, they've they've opened their dealer for a few years now, and they've been participating in this annual competition to to kind of restore and reimagine a Porsche, if you will. Although I feel like reimagine is is not the right term because that's kind of a fair term for singer. And although everybody's stealing that term um, and this past year, they did a slant nose. They bought like, like kind of a wrecked factory slant nose car and they brought it back to life. And, and that, that that's exactly it. It's funny. Yeah. You were saying about the reimagined. I remember a time when finger singer first came along and they were running a bit fast and loose with like the Porsche branding. And nobody was quite sure who these kind of crazy guys in California, you know, uh, were and they we used to get like if you borrowed a car you used to get like a, a press like the press person would say you cannot call it like don't call it like a singer 911 it happy like, there's like a form of words it has to be like Porsche 911 reimagined by singer or something because they're always paranoid yeah. about getting sued and it's like well you know like okay we'll play the game a bit but everybody got very nervous about everybody running around saying it's the singer 911 because they were worried about Porsche getting um getting getting legal about it but these right. days i think everybody's friends and it's cool yes they, they're friends now i think they saw the value in it but there was and i don't know the, the full story but there was the conversation uh between porsche and singer about how they're gonna you know what what's gonna happen here are they gonna call them 911s are gonna call them porsches they're gonna call singer 911s what are they gonna call them uh and i don't know if it started off as a lawsuit and just sort of ended in a handshake deal and now everybody's playing nice but uh what I guess the little things that kind of bug me is Singer did it. They did it well. They call it reimagined. It's working. And now there's 15 other companies that are taking other brands and they're reimagining all of these other things. And I was like, nah, I don't think you get to do that. That's not fair to do. Like you gotta, I, I get it. Like, you know, people are just knocking off uh, essentially or taking their cues from what singer did because they did it so successfully but eh, it's not as original right because everyone wants to be the singer of something now i want to be the singer of land rovers or the singer of mini coopers or the singer of the of the z car right and i was like I, that's great for a singer because they're getting all this these wonderful accolades but we we need to stop we probably need to stop doing doing that calling it the singer of xyz right and also singer in itself was only really doing what roof had done and and others before them right they yeah, would they just were. took it in a slightly different direction in in more of a kind of personalized style statement more of a bespoke suit than than something like a roof which was all about you know hardcore performance and everything else so which is a vehicle that uh, i love by the way I, yeah, I, me too. Like the yellow bird or something. That that's it's so cool. such a cool piece. And 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 yes, roof. It and it looks so much like a modern day 911 when really there's nothing Porsche on it. I don't think there's any carryover parts at all. Everything is from scratch, from the gauges to the to the lug nuts. Like everything is is fresh on that car. It, it reminds me of Ford's rally car. I remember when I went once went out to Sardinia with Ford and their WRC car when McRae was, was rallying and they had this Ford Focus, which looked like a Ford Focus. 
I said, so like, what on that is a Ford Focus? Like the door handle. Yeah. Like literally that was it. The door (laughs) handle. Like what about the lights or the, or the herd or this? Yeah. Nope. Nope. The door handle. Yeah. I'm surprised even that made it often, you know, uh, because uh, so many uh, homologated cars are like, oh no, just just from the from the firewall to the B pillar, right? You know, like there's a little bit there. There's a firewall and there's the windshield, you know, and then the rest is is new. But that's not not with roof. Not I don't think they use anything at all. But yeah, kind of interesting. So, um, and we'll keep this this week a little bit short. We'll bring all the details to you next week. But, um. Kind of walking around, what else are we seeing? I know Porsche has got some plans to maybe uh, debut a few things here in the U.S. If you were at Goodwood, they had Mission X, um, uh, which is a crazy kind of electric supercar. Um, I heard about Porsche 357 Speedster concept. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to see any of these things yet. And then uh, Hot Wheels, I think Pat Long and Hot Wheels debuted their they're a 944 Safari wagon, kind of a cool piece. They got the real car and uh, the toy that they debuted. Um, but anyway, just kind of walking around, walking around Laguna Seca. Uh, is there anything else uh, cool you've got to see so far? I saw the Mission car, and I'm actually heading back there in about an hour's time. There's an unveil tonight of a new Porsche, which uh, we can talk about next week. And I think tomorrow I'm going to take a little bit more time out to 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 wander around and see everything but it's it's beautifully done and you know just the, the the sort of theater in it they've got some really cool stuff they've got this little uh wall this like a, a big sort of i don't know, like paper wall with all these like little silhouettes of cars where people can go and like color them in it's like a massive kids coloring book on a wall yeah uh which which is really fun the, the, but the queue for the merchandise everybody loves a bit of merch and i i said to the kids oh i'll come back with like some t-shirts or something like, you know, like the queue for the, the merchandising shop today was like two hours long. I mean, seriously. Yeah. It was like hour, hour and a half, two hours. There was a massive snack. Like, is that like some sort of signing? Is that like, the you know, the, is that mission? You know, it's like, what's going on? Nope. It's the merchandising stall. And apparently it's a bit like those outlet malls where, you know, you can only go and buy two pieces of Prada. It's um, having to ration the merchandise. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like... Everybody wants to go and spend a fortune on a on a on a t-shirt because you can only buy it here. Yeah, because you can only it's, buy it. I don't it know. There. There's something about the human psychology of it all that's a bit that's a bit. And, and the wait in that kind of line for for a for a forty seven dollar t-shirt. <laughs> but also the, like the psychology of it, because I was like, I need to go and buy the kids, and I looked at this huge line, and I was like, ah, oh, must be good. Well, don't worry <laughs> about it though, because your kids don't like Porsches; they like trucks. <laughs> yeah, they like uh, trash trucks. Yeah, they like trash trucks. They like F one fifties. Like Raptors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, falling on from last week's show. One, one little aside. I, I drove up here on the same route. You know, like I did a story on the problems of dodging an EV where we drove and I think we talked about a couple of couple of shows ago. Anyway, I went past the charging station and I said, "Yo, know I'm going to pop in and see whether they've fixed it." So I turned up and there's a guy from Electrify America there charging it. So Electrify America actually came to us and said, "Look." You know, like, like we want to put this right. And, and there was a guy there literally fixing it as I turned up. <laughs> and he said, I, I think that one, there was four of 350 charges. Remember the original story then? None of them were working. And he said, I think the middle one should work. 
and then he was trying to fix the other. So I'm going to go back on Saturday morning when I drive back and see whether whether they've been fixed. So you're going to drive your 911 over to yeah. electric charger just to see if it works, so you can come back and tell us if yeah. it works. <laughs> I can get back in my 20, 25 year old yeah. car, 26 year old car. Uh, it would be hilarious if you saw him there and working on it and going, hey, I got to fix this thing because some clown on a podcast kept bitching about uh, how this thing doesn't work. And I got yelled at for it. And now I got to fix it. And they'd be like, I can't imagine hearing something like yeah, that. That I, would be I, terrible. I, I, I mean, it's all right. I, I just flew in for a quick vacation. I have no yeah, idea. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, so why don't we do this? We're gonna, I think we're gonna kind of cut things a little bit uh, shorter uh, on this particular episode because um, I'm gonna get wheels up and start heading in the, that that direction. Uh, I think I'll I'll see you there a bit uh, uh, tomorrow, maybe tomorrow afternoon, um, as we're here recording this. Um, we'll catch up a little bit there, and then uh, next week we'll, we'll kind of recap this and see what else is going on. Sounds good. I'm uh, gonna but, uh, have a shower and then head back out. Yeah. Uh, have a good time and uh, we'll uh, we'll get into it more next week. Um, thanks, guys. As always, uh, uh, Edmunds.com is the website. Shiftandsteer.com is the website. And uh, until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.